0: To Dice Don't Die, a Pathfinder second edition podcast. Hey, welcome back to Dice Don't Die's deep dive. Tonight, we're discussing the in your face caster, the class with the magic blood and the all-around best slacker in Galarian's school of witchcraft and wizardry, The Sorcerer. I'm Chad, and tonight I have with me Beth. Hello! And David. Hey, everyone. Sarah's feeling a little under the weather tonight, so she won't be joining us for this one.
1: That's okay. Instead of our normal forum post, I kind of wanted to talk about my other game that I'm in. Oh.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So, as you may or may not, and I, I know the answer to this, you are aware, Paizo finished publishing the six books in Age of Ashes. So, we're a little behind, guys. I'm going to need you to pick it up a little bit.
0: Shut the front door.
1: <laughs> uh, and they published their first book for the next uh, adventure path which is Extinction Curse. Ooh. This one titled The Show Must Go On.
0: Well, please, go on.
1: So the I wanted to point out a couple of things. If you're not interested in the campaign of Extinction Curse, but you really like to implement a circus, This may be a book you want to pick up anyway, because it has in the back in what they're now calling the GM's toolbox, which, by the way, I know none of you guys have run an adventure path before, is really great. I'm actually going to talk about a couple of things that this book just does really good. And this is a spoiler free review for all you uh, listeners out there who might want to play. Not going to be talking about the plot line at all. So, in the back of the book, there's the GM's toolbox and there's a bunch of cool stuff. There's some spells, there's uh, two new archetypes, and there are rules on how to run a circus. And there's actually a what they call a circus show sheet and that kind of runs through how each circus performance is supposed to go and what like bonuses and stuff you get my first circus was a little rocky i'm not gonna lie but that was because we were all new to the rules it hadn't been out that long it was also you know obviously was our first session playing although it was with a group of people who have been playing games together for a really long time. I'll, I'm definitely going to come back with some more of my thoughts as we go with some of these rule sets as they come out. But the circus one is really interesting. Uh, I do like the layout. The two archetypes are great, if limited. So, <laughs> the two archetypes are the juggler and the staff acrobat. Oh. And the staff acrobat is actually pretty cool. The juggler, mm, I wasn't a fan of, but thematically, um, I mean, it fits really, really well.
0: Just based off of their images here, I'm guessing the juggler is a bit of a rogue. And the acrobat is a bit more of a monk.
1: That's kind of the impression that you get. But like, as, as archetypes, any class can take them.
0: Oh, oh.
3: I, I heard monk. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: Your <laughs> monk obsession needs to end.
3: <laughs> well, also, it falls directly in line because it's also a staff monk Ooh. obsession. And you know what else? He
0: doesn't have a shirt on.
1: What is with these monks and no shirts? Gosh. Right?
0: Yeah. Ugh, show showoffs.
1: Anyway, uh, the spells that are published in the Adventure Toolbox, Uh, I think earlier I called it the GM's Toolbox. It's actually called the Adventure Toolbox. Uh, But anyway, the spells are all like environmentally themed. So, pretty cool. Uh, And on the front cover is a druid. So, that's pretty awesome as well.
0: Okay, see, I was looking at the image and I was not getting that for some reason. Now, I got it. I don't she know has I a cape of leaves. It, it looks like a druid, but I don't know why. <laughs> I was just thinking, all right, crazy person,
1: cool.
3: Is it a is it a gnome druid?
1: No, or- halfling.
3: Ah, no. oh. you
1: you can tell by oh. the furry feet.
3: Oh, okay, uh. okay, okay. There's another. I, I remember looking at this. There's another gnome, I think, in the background there.
1: Correct. Yeah, yes. that's the that's actually, um, uh, Lini. She's the Druid Iconic. And then actually on the cover, you can also see... Fumbus. Fumbus, thank you. I could not come up mm. with his name. The Alchemist Iconic as well.
0: And he's a
2: juggler.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's one more game to add to my weekly list.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> but well worth it. And uh I think... Obviously, with a name like Extinction Curse, and then the theme of a circus around it, it's pretty fun. It's also the first Adventure Path that's kind of published fully within 2nd edition. Oh, that reminds me. That was the other thing I wanted to point out. For you GMs out there, each one of the chapters had a list in the very beginning of all the loot for that chapter. So when you see like, oh, there's a plus one flail and no one in your group is going to use a flail, you might want to go ahead and like make a note. Oh, I need to change this to like a plus one longsword or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. That's super handy.
1: It's extremely handy. And it is one of the things that I was like, this att- attention to detail is what I-, I keep expecting from a publishing company like this. So I was pretty happy about it. But, I don't think that you guys are here to hear me ramble on and on about a adventure path you're not in.
0: I mean, I'm having fun with it so far.
1: I think yeah. you guys are here to hear about the sorcerer.
0: Uh, if we must
1: we must
0: <laughs> so, what exactly does everybody think of when they're thinking of the sorcerer? You might think of someone who slacks off in school compared to the wizard or someone who is just naturally far more powerful than anyone else around them. Uh, you tend to think of examples such as, well, from other games like D&D, you might think of the Warlock. That's yeah. thought.
1: Yeah, that's something that I really wanted to bring up. The fantasy of a sorcerer is varied uh, depending on the fiction that you're reading/slash processing. I, when I look at the Pathfinder Two Sorcerer in particular, I get a Warlock feel. This idea where you have magic in your blood or you've made some sort of pact. Now, like I said, the Sorcerer really flows off of the bloodline feel. But that's kind of how I've interpreted it, is kind of a warlock feel. And
0: you can always change how that actually goes Mm -hmm. with your GM.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Then play with it however you like. As far as I'm concerned, you can make yourself an actual warlock in Pathfinder, but call it Sorcerer. Um, There's also... Sarah had an awesome... Idea on this, which was actually Harry Potter, because, as she put it, that kid did not study at all in that class, any of his classes.
3: Hermione walked around saving him and Ron. Yeah, he was she not a was wizard, a proper witch
0: or wizard.
1: Well, and and the whole he thing, the whole thing about Harry Potter too was you had to have, you had to have magic in your blood. Mm-hmm. You, you like it was one of those things like you could be born a wizard, and develop it later, or not. And, you know, there were terms for people who were from non-magic families, and had magic, and the same wizard was a muggle. And then, if you were in a magic family, but you weren't born with it. So, uh, I could definitely see that being a sorcerer versus a wizard in Pathfinder terms
0: uh let's see there was
3: david's hot take oh okay David. so i, I and I, and i know i mentioned this before when we did the wizards way back when uh
1: i think you've mentioned it a couple of times
3: yeah it's it's a recurring theme so i i've my, my hot take on this this mm-hmm. is also nigel's hot take nigel is my wizard character is that a sorcerer or is just a wizard who can't read Oh no! Um,
1: you... Oh no no!
3: It's okay. Yep, that's what it is. Uh, you know, all 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 that happened was that some you know, demigod sneezed on your great uncle, and three generations later, you're still trying to shake off the cold. Whatever. Uh, that's the hot man. take. <laughs> and
1: that uh, that's one way of looking at it.
3: So okay,
1: but also you're not wrong.
3: <laughs> but I've thought about this in, over the last couple of weeks. Uh-huh. I've, got a, I've got a more mild take. So here's my mild take on this one. Okay. So, like a sorcerer that has a bloodline, something along the lines of like Draconic, Elemental, fey, Imperial, Like they just sort of have this internal power that they don't necessarily know how to deal with. Like, they'll struggle with learning how to use this power just as much as any wizard, just in a completely different manner. And usually a lot earlier on in life, because you're not wait until you're, you know, reading books when you're in your teens or whatever. You're trying not to blow up your brother when you're five. But yeah, but it, but it's more of a, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle within yourself, within, with power, with the feeling that, like, you just, it must be harnessed and it must be controlled, or... You'll hurt yourself or you'll hurt others you care about. Mm. So that's that, there you go. The mild take on it. There's my there's my mild take on a sorcerer. It's like you it's just a different struggle.
0: I'll take the one with less Tabasco sauce in it. Yeah. Like yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. And then there's my take on the sorcerer, which ladies and gentlemen, my take is Mickey Mouse from Fantasia. That mouse picked up a wand and learned how to make brooms and mops do all his dirty work for him and didn't have to lift a finger. Well, that is beautiful. That is a sorcerer for you. Slacker to the extreme. You made brooms and mops do all the dirty work? Yeah. Like they danced stuff. around the floor. Yeah, and all uh, tell
1: me how that ended. And
0: then it, had... it didn't work so well because they kind of got out of hand. I believe there was a scene where he had to try to chop, chop some of them up with an axe. But, you know, it, hey, it happens. It happens. That's magic huh. for you.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah, that's magic. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. I'll give you that one. <laughs> well since we've kind of broken down what the fantasy, and we've actually mentioned already some of the mechanical stuff behind it, and I think in this case, the mechanics in Pathfinder sort of tell us a little bit about the fantasy of a sorcerer, in my opinion. And that's why for my normal section, where I compare Pathfinder 1 to Pathfinder 2, I want to throw in another sorcerer. Okay. I actually want to throw in the D&D 3.5 sorcerer. And the reason that I kind of want to throw that in there is because when Pathfinder first released and th- this was very obvious to me because I had played a 3.5 sorcerer. She was awesome. I loved that character. So I, when I first saw Pathfinder's version, I was like, this is very different. So already, between the source material of D&D 3.5, which Pathfinder 1 was based off of, that rule set, if we already have a big change, I, I, I wanted to acknowledge that. So when you're talking about 3.5 3.5 sorcerer. There are two big differences between the sorcerer and the wizard. The first being charisma caster. You cast all of your spells through charisma, not intelligence. So, this is why when we're talking about the fantasy of a sorcerer, we talk about innate magic, right? Mm-hmm. Versus learned magic. So, that's number one. Number two, is that they are spontaneous spell casters. So you have a s- spells known, and you can cast any spell off of your spell list, however many spells per day you get. So let's say I have, you know, two spells on my spell list, but I can cast three spells a day. I don't have to make allotments. So a wizard has to say, well, I'm gonna cast read magic once and I'm gonna cast detect magic twice uh no the sorcerer can be like as the situation comes up i'm going to cast my spells so that was kind of the advantage right well, that was it thematically speaking there was no real difference between the sorcerer and the wizard it's do you want to be a charisma caster or an intelligence caster you know do you want to be a prepared caster or a spontaneous caster that was it. When first edition of Pathfinder came out, it was very, very different because they introduced the bloodline mechanics. So a bloodline is something that the sorcerer gets innately. They, within themselves, have some sort of arcane presence. And I make, I make that distinction... For a reason, too. Because, again, we're talking about Pathfinder 1. They have these bloodline powers that they get that sort of, quote-unquote, level up. As you level up, you get access to more ability in the bloodline. And there were a ton of bloodlines. I don't know if you guys looked at the list of Pathfinder 1st Edition bloodlines. But there's like 50 of them. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorites is actually Phoenix. Uh, you can have the Phoenix bloodline, which means w- someone in your bloodline, one of your ancestors, watched a Phoenix resurrection. And so the- those uh, Phoenix flames are burning through your blood.
0: All they had to do was watch it.
1: Yeah, that's what it says.
3: Mm-hmm. Also, it's like you'd watch the movie instead of reading the book.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: It's way easier to get your powers that way. Go sorcerers.
1: Anyway, uh, I really do like the level 20 power where you just get to true resurrect yourself. That's pretty great. But anyway, that's all Pathfinder 1. Moving to how Pathfinder 2 does Bloodlines... It's very different. So you still have that blood magic, like something special that gives your bloodline something unique to it, but it doesn't level up with you as you go unless you choose to take a feat, Mm -hmm. right? That's kind of interesting. With the Pathfinder 2 idea of, I'm going to customize this class, I'm going to make it what I want it to be. I also wanted to bring up the fact that you can pick a bloodline that gives you a different spell list. So you don't have to be arcane anymore. And that is the best thing about a sorcerer. <laughs> you can be a divine sorcerer.
3: And that's pretty cool. But also, the arcane list is, like, the best list. Unless I mean, you want to heal somebody I mean, come
1: on.
3: Uh, it, oh, it's. I mean, it's are... got, it's got the highest number
0: of spells. Ugh. Does that matter?
1: I mean, it gives you more options.
0: Yeah, sure. But as far as cool spells, I don't know. Primal also seems pretty fun. Uh, primal and occult are
3: ba.
1: They're pretty great. <laughs> I don't know. I just really like the themes for the bloodlines. Um, they're they're pretty cool. So. But anyway, going back to sort of the differences between first edition and, and second edition, you still have the idea of a prepared caster versus a spontaneous they don't really call it a spontaneous caster, but that's what they are. So you have spells known and spells per day. Spells known, you know, you can just cast whatever you have on your list however many days you you can cast that. And you do get bloodline feats automatically. So I was wrong about that. Uh, you can choose additional bloodline feats, but you get them automatically too. So just, you get a, your bloodline power at first level and third level and then you get bloodline feats at seventh level and every like five levels after that. That's pretty cool. That leads us straight into Ancestry options that fit really well with the Pathfinder 2 Sorcerer.
3: Alright. I mean, if we're, if we're talking straight mechanics, which is how I usually go here, uh, anything that gives you that boost of charisma, it's great. Gnome and Goblin both work out, but uh, they also work out very well, especially the gnome works out very well thematically.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely agree. Just
3: because gnomes are just so magical to begin with Mm-hmm. um, and I mean, my usual take humans humans are good at anything, just they are uh, now
1: would you take a skilled human or versatile
3: i mean i i think i if i'm if I'm trying to go for just the feats, I take what I always take, which is the Versatile, and then the um, additional the feat that gives you the additional first level feat. Gotcha. Natural ambition. Gotcha. Uh, just st- stack the feats from level one. Because again, um, you're a caster. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't get a first level feat by default.
1: That's true. That's actually a very powerful uh, advantage that you can get by being human.
3: Oh, thank you for acknowledging that after six episodes, Beth.
1: <laughs> well, for casters specifically.
3: Yes, 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 yes.
1: Look, I... If I'm playing in a fantasy game, I'm not playing human. Let's just be real here. That, But that's a personal preference. I think that the Fey Touch Gnomes... The fact that you can get an additional cantrip is pretty great. Yeah. Now... It's a cantrip from the primal spell list. But if you're picking one of the other options, that might be an advantage for you. I also love the idea of a sorcerer goblin. Just because goblins are trying to integrate into society more. So a goblin that was born with magic, maybe they were shunned by their home tribe. You know? And so now they're reaching out to the rest of the world uh, as an adventurer trying to find uh, meaning in their place in it all.
3: Oh, totally. Or even just as simple as they are tired of all their neighbors banging rocks together. Like, I could throw a fireball and go do something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I I, I like a lot of the charisma options. I also wanted to uh, mention... I know we just talked about the goblin, but I think the lizard folk would be pretty cool. I know that lizard they choker,
0: get... folk are always cool.
1: So they get wisdom, they don't get charisma. So hear me out.
0: Okay.
1: A sorcerer lizard folk is adorable. Yeah. That's all. That's all I have.
0: Well, I'm thinking something like Godzilla, where it's able to breathe a laser breath out of its mouth.
1: Only tiny. Yeah, but still. Well, they're if not tiny. They're that. small. Yes, Only I agree. If
0: you roleplay a fireball actually coming out of the lizard folk's mouth, that's not tiny.
1: Fair. What about leshies?
0: Uh, yeah, I can definitely see a leshy being a sorcerer. Because, well, for one thing, it's not intelligence-based. So, that's okay with leshies. Leshies
1: uh, aren't smart. As we have found out.
0: My particular leshy would probably not make for a great (laughs) charisma-based sorcerer. But uh, in time, who knows?
1: Thinking about multiclassing?
0: I'm always thinking about multiclassing. I always want to play a multiclass, Beth. But I never have.
1: Well, hey, with Pathfinder 2, it's actually pretty easy to take those multiclass archetypes, so... Just keep it in the back of your head. I always am. <laughs> so let's talk option. We've already kind of mentioned bloodlines and the bloodline powers that they get. But let's, let's talk a little bit more about them. Because they're really freaking cool. Like, let's just be real here. The two divine ones are the ones that I wanted to call out to. Or three divine ones, excuse me. And that's angelic, demonic, and undead.
0: Uh isn't there also diabolic? Yeah. You get four options. Yeah,
1: okay. Divine. Well, rude. I forgot about that one. I just was really excited about undead. I really wanted to get there.
0: Honestly, I forgot about undead. And I was really excited for them last night.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well the fact that like your mom. Or great, great 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 grandmom uh got down with a vampire It's just so <laughs> cool. <laughs> like this is uh, some <laughs> th- this is some vampire romance shit.
0: Maybe a death knight, who knows? Uh
1: okay, let me have my vampire romance, please.
0: Plus a vampire is probably a little bit sexier than a death knight.
1: I mean, you never know. <laughs> I'm sure a Death Knight can be very sexy.
0: No, it can't.
2: Please <laughs> no. No.
1: But uh no, that's I mean that's exactly what it was, right? Like Yeah. I'm just saying. The the actual text for it, it says your family tree might contain a powerful and dead. Um
0: Oh, we're going twilight.
1: Exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Oh, these sorcerers glitter.
1: Oh, Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no, no.
0: (laughs) No. They're bedazzled as heck.
1: Let's see here. Do they get any bedazzling spells? No, they don't. Glitter
0: bomb.
1: No. (laughs) You do get false life. So there's that. Oh, nice. Sorcerer bloodlines. Give you the blood magic, like we talked about. They give you the blood s- bloodline spells, which you cast. Mm. Then you get additional spells in the spell list. And then finally, you get two bloodline skills. And so the bloodline skills give you... uh, I think it's at first trained, and then they level up as yeah. you go. So that's kind of what you get from the bloodline.
0: But honestly, that's quite a lot to unpack right there, just from the bloodline alone.
1: Uh, it's really cool, though. I I really like the bloodlines. I really like the thematic like air about them.
0: Mm-hmm. It gives you a lot of customization.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and each sorcerer is different. Huh? You get to pick a different spell list. You get to... Uh, really get into the nitty-gritty of what your character and what their background is.
3: I like the additional option of, you know, taking the primal spell list <clears throat> without having to be a druid.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the only other way you can get an occult spell list is a uh, bard.
0: Yeah, exactly. And if you take a divine bloodline, then heck. You don't have to be a cleric.
1: I don't have to live by your rules. Your damn anathemas.
3: Arcane, oh. though. Dang it. That should stay wizard. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: no. The other thing that you get is signature spells. Now, that's, if I remember correctly, that's not something wizards have, right?
3: It. It's more that wizards have it naturally.
1: This is uh, terrible.
3: If I if Weird. I remember this part correctly, because do signature spells do anything other than auto heighten?
1: Oh no no no! The, like the bloodline spells auto heighten. No, the signature spells. You, uh, uh, no, you're absolutely right. It's not. It's not just the cantrips. Yes, they auto heighten. Okay. So I know we're talking about signature spells and how they auto-heighten. But I don't want to get too much in the weeds when it comes to actual spells themselves. And here's why. (laughs) Uh, With the bloodlines, you can pick your spell list. Which means if we were going to talk about the spell list like we did in, say, the bard episode or the wizard episode where we kind of talked about the arcane and occult spell lists themselves we'd be here literally all night talking about spell lists
3: that's fair
1: i i don't really want to talk about spells i know we're talking about a caster class but If you guys, and talking to the listeners here, if you guys want more content on actual spells themselves, let us know. But otherwise, go listen to our wizard episode, and we talk about the arcane spell list. Uh, Go listen to the bard episode, and we talk about the occult spell list. Uh, In cleric, we talk about the divine spell list. Uh, Cleric and champion, I think we both, in both of those, we talk about that. A little bit. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we still have the Prima list to go over, and we'll be doing that in a future episode. But for right now, because we have another big topic to talk about tonight, uh, let's talk about feats.
3: You've got your basic, every single caster has your familiar metamagic whatever.
1: With metamagic feats, I mean, th- those have been around for a really long time. Yeah. Uh the one thing that i've started to notice with a few metamagic feats is at least for a couple of them or one of them it is specifically a metamagic feat for sorcerer and that is the level 20 sorcerer feat bloodline conduit which is really really cool it allows you to Cast a fifth level or lower, as if, well, like you just do it. Whoa. You just cast it. Now, mind you, this is a level twenty spell 20. or feat, but you don't expend a spell slot. You just cast the spell, and it can be just like once a minute. It can be like, "Pew, here's a spell. Pew, here's a yeah. spell." Just all day long, casting that's spells.
0: Fantastic.
1: and that's fifth level. Spells or lower?
0: It's level twenty, so yeah, it should be fantastic. But still, yeah, once a minute—that's not fair. Oh,
1: come (laughs) on,
0: that's
3: not fair at all.
1: If if we're thinking about it, that's once per combat. Yeah, right. If we're going over to uh, fourth edition rules, did weren't there uh, once per encounter abilities? I say to the two dudes who have never played fourth edition.
3: I thought 4th f- <laughs> edition was just like a big game of Risk. I wasn't really sure about that. Uh,
1: different people have different opinions. My younger sister liked it.
3: I have no idea if that joke tracks or not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've heard it before. I've also heard like, oh, it's just a card game or whatever. But I'm pretty sure you had Encounter Powers. Um, It's been... A really long time since I've played it. Um, but you had encounter powers that you used once per combat. But if we're talking a spell per minute. Right? That is once every 10 rounds. Because a round is 6 seconds. And 60 seconds in a minute. You're only going to be doing that. If your combat is lasting more than 10 rounds. I mean you are level 20. So it's likely. But personally, you should be wrapping that up.
0: Yeah, but it could be an epic boss battle.
1: Could be. Nobody really wants to sit at a table for six hours. (laughs) You know, in one combat. I I just think that realistically, it's only going to come up uh, once per combat, but it is a level 20 feat. So the fact that there is a metamagic feat that is specific to sorcerers, is pretty cool. What were the other types of feats you wanted to talk about?
3: I got two of them. First of first of them is the fourth level feat for uh, arcane evolution. Uh, which, if I if I just give a quick summary, it's like this sorcerer just suddenly decides, you know, you know what? I want to be a wizard too. <laughs> <laughs> so they they start keeping a spell book. And then I think it's like they get an extra spell slot, but, th- but then they can learn and keep additional spells from the Arcana spell list in a book and then sort of swap them in and out of the repertoire.
1: That's really cool.
3: Uh, and then my other one, I, I, I just thought this was neat because it's, like, it, it's metamagic, but a different magic. So it's the interweave dispel. It's a level 14 feet. Um, you weave essentially the dispel magic into another spell you cast. Ooh. So if you throw a two-action attack, a two-action attack spell, or or something with a saving throw, and you hit, you also cast dispel magic on that foe as a free action. So it's just a twofer. That's pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, you you have to throw the extra action into the meta magic in the first place. But that's that's real valuable.
1: Absolutely. Now, obviously, there's a ton of bloodline feats. Just because you're talking about a sorcerer, bloodline is yeah. their main class feature. I think the coolest for me is the fact that you can pick cross-blooded evolution. So you get... Stuff from other traditions.
3: So, grandma was from one side, grandpa was
0: from another.
1: (laughs) And here you are, stuck in the middle, with some (laughs) random skill sets. It's
0: a one weird looking baby. Just saying.
1: (laughs) Now, you do have to swap. So you can swap which spell you add, and from which tradition, uh, or bloodline. As you could any other sorcerer spell, that's kind of cool, yeah. And then there's things that make that even better.
0: I was gonna actually pick um the reflect spell feat on here. Now, you have it requires that you've already picked up the counter spell feat, which Mm -hmm. I believe was level one, level two, something like that.
1: Yeah, it's level level
0: one uh so of course just like a normal counter spell if someone tries to cast a spell you can use your reaction to just say nope didn't happen uh -hmm. but in this case when you upgrade that with reflect spell not only do you say nope that didn't happen you send that spell right back to the caster's Mm -hmm. face so now in the case of like say they cast fireball and you reflected it it only goes back to the caster it does not spread to the area around him as well. But still. Yeah. That's a good bit of damage right back to the guy just for re- reaction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Casters
0: probably don't use too much of the reactions.
1: So it sounds like you could use the feat you got from being a human to pick up Counterspell and then pick up that later on.
3: Yeah. Uh, and, and they have that for... Um, I know they have it for the Wizard... I would think they have it for the bard as well, but since you're limited to you know your prepared spells or whatever for the day,
1: for wizard you mean?
3: Yeah, for wizard, because bards bards have a similar thing where they have to sort of prepare like their compositions, right?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're prepared casters, not yeah. spontaneous.
3: So, I, the only thing that you can reflect. counter or reflect is things that you have prepared for the day Mm -hmm. I think there's a third feat later on that allows you to then use it with your um, just whatever is in your spell book but it's it's just a whole other layer you gotta put on top of that but yeah this is way more useful for a sorcerer
1: it's really cool That is really, really cool. So that is our sorcerer discussion. Any final notes on how awesome the sorcerer is?
0: Just that he's probably got all the gods' gifts to uh, the world. Sorcerers are fantastic.
3: I mean, they're no wizards, but they're pretty good.
1: (laughs) I will say one final note. I really like sorcerers. I think that I have a particular fondness for them Mm -hmm. just because I remember being 15 and creating my very first D&D character. This is D&D 3.0, wasn't even 3.5 at the time. And I wanted to make her myself, but I didn't know what I was doing (laughs) at all. (laughs) And let me tell you, a caster as your first character can be difficult, Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: I wanted to do it, and a person in my home group really helped me do that. It was very meaningful, and I look very fondly at the sorcerer, so she can do no wrong in my eyes. So that brings us to our second topic of the evening. And with that, I do want to give a disclaimer. We are going to be talking about Gods and Magic. The book came out, uh, I think, about a month ago now, (laughs) over a month ago. Uh, We're just kind of now getting to it. I wanted to give a spoiler warning. This is because there are things in Gods and Magic, anytime you're talking lore for Pathfinder, if you're talking about current lore, which the current year in Galarian is 4720, if you're talking about stuff that's happening in 4720, there are spoilers for any of the Pathfinder 1 campaigns. That's just the truth of it. And there are a couple of things that I am going to be mentioning uh, that are spoilers for a few Pathfinder adventure paths. So Just be aware that if you're playing through it and you're concerned about the ending to, say, Iron Gods, you might want to sp- skip this section. Also, Wrath of the Righteous is another one that might be so, on that note, let's talk gods and magic. I mean, as with any book, the art is phenomenal.
0: I mean, yes. Dear Lord, you guys have been showing me some horrifying pictures of Lamashtu in this thing. Oh, Lamashtu will be in my nightmares for eternity.
1: <laughs> so that is kind of an interesting difference A lot of books prior to this uh, in Pathfinder 1, the focus, whenever you're talking about a deity, there's usually a picture associated. That picture associated usually is their follower, like a cleric or some sort of enemy that is going to be actually fought by the PCs. Now, there definitely is uh, deity imagery all throughout you know we're very familiar with the symbols of a deity, but in the Book Gods and Magic, for the write-ups for each of the deities, there is a like a full page art, and it's not a full page; um, it's like half a page. But each deity is represented for the core twenty, and for the other twenty. But and we'll get into what that kind of means here in a second. But it's the first time that a book like this has been published that has this much artwork representing the actual deities, and it is really, really good. Now, deities are going to be up to interpretation, you know, you don't have to take the pictures in this book and say okay that's exactly how they're always going to look but it is nice to have sort of a representation i think sarin ray and desna both appear multiple times within this book and each time they are actually they look a little bit different and i think that really holds true with the fact that these are you know divine beings like they're able to they're able to kind of change how they look and mortals' interpretations of how they look is gonna change. So breaking down the book, of course, first you have the first chapter is just kind of an overview of what's, you know, what is faith in Galarian, that kind of thing. What is role playing?
3: Oh gosh. What What are gods and magic?
1: (laughs) Yeah, what what is magic? Uh, But it does actually have a new background, which is cool. So the new background is uh, raised by belief, uh, which is pretty cool. You get to choose whatever divine ability is associated with your deity. So this is a background that can be tailored to whomever you worship.
0: Which is All really good. cool,
1: and then you get a lore skill associated with your deity. So, you know, let's say you're a ragey barbarian who really, really likes um, Zancuthan. What you could take Zancuthan lore.
3: See, I, I feel like this would make so much more sense for Nigel, raised really? by belief. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just. Yeah, for Nethis. Just mm-hmm. raised
0: by the belief in magic. Nah, it's time you just go part champion. <laughs> oh, man. class.
3: I, I, I was trying to look for the... Uh,
0: Sunny will show you the way.
3: You know, it, it, is, is, there, is there a feat somewhere in this book that lets me essentially do this raised by belief background?
1: We'll get, that. Yep. we'll get to that. Yep. So next you have what is uh, called the Core Qu- 20. So these are the tw- 20 deities that are the gods of the Inner Sea. And each one of these deities, in addition to having, you know, a full portrait of them and all of their quote unquote stats, it- there's a two page write up uh and i say stats i don't actually mean like here's what their strength is like these are divine beings uh for stats what they give you is okay where what realm is theirs what allies do they have mm-hmm. what enemies what kind of temples they have that kind of thing um of course sacred animal their holy symbol those types of things so you're not going to get Here's how you fight this god. That's not what's in this book.
3: No weak points?
1: No. Nothing like that.
0: We'll just have to find those out for ourselves.
1: I mean, it will give you, like, their anathema, if that's what you mean by weak
0: points. No, no, he wants to learn how to kill a god. (laughs) Go for the knees, go for the knees.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, but it is pretty cool uh, I did want to point out like a couple of really cool deities like they're all great I am one who is pretty partial to the pantheon of Galarian like Galarian is cool uh, but I did want to point your attention to page 26. Uh, this is Gosray, who is a dual-natured deity. And so you get a visualization for both of their sides. So there is an aspect that is uh, from the ocean. And then there is an aspect that is from the storm. And so, but they're not separate deities. They are the same deity. They represent these two parts of the same thing. It's it's really cool.
0: I, I believe when I was making Sunny, Gozra was actually the first one that you suggested that he might follow. So yeah. it's actually super interesting to see his artwork now. Yeah. But, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad I stuck with Shaylin.
1: Well, speaking of Shaylin. <laughs> oh. I mean, that's skipping quite ahead. Um, there's quite a few deities in this section, and they're yeah, all like, this art is so good. I can't, <laughs> I cannot say that enough. <laughs> uh, but Shaylin's art is particularly good. I really love how they put rainbows in her hair
0: yes
1: like she. she's pretty great
0: beautiful but yeah. we can't just skip over the sexiness that we passed by on the way here at nethus no
1: oh look at that
0: look at that guy holy yeah. cow no, I wasn't going for Lamash, too, no,
1: yeah, I thought that's for <laughs> sure what you were gonna say, and I was gonna be like, "Um, I don't
3: know, yeah about the sexy you know what? I will not yuck anyone's yum well, I mean, yeah, that's probably
1: like. a good a rule to live by, especially because she is really cool, but no, Nethys <laughs> is amazing
3: oh yeah i i I read this is one of the first things I read through when i when I got this. His, his artwork, his backstory, everything, it's, it's, it's amazing.
1: To have this much lore on the deities in one place is really kind of awesome.
3: He read so many books, he went insane and became a god. <laughs>
1: you like fantastic.
3: that? Yeah. It's like Caden and Kalen, except instead of drinking, he read books. Yeah. Oh. So the less fun wrote) <laughs> A more disciplined route.
1: <laughs> so, I also feel like we would be remiss if we didn't mention Zonkuthon.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yes.
1: Uh, the artwork for that is really messed up. Yeah, a little bit. He has a fish hook, or not a fish hook, but like a meat hook in his arm. He put there, it there himself.
0: Oh, I thought he was just holding it out to the side. Nope. Oh, I, wow. He's holding it into his arm. Yeah! Yep. That is through his elbow. Yeah! Ouch. Hmm.
1: This is, for those of you following along, this is on page 50. Dude, like... He's a bro. M- my dude, just get... get some antibiotics just some in help. case.
0: Get some help. Uh,
1: Like, don't get me wrong, I know p- some people who are really into that, but through your elbow? Oof.
3: He might he might want to put a little bit of teen on that. Right,
1: exactly. We got some he,
3: whiskey in the back. He
1: he also has his ears gauged, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that.
0: Is that so- telling us that these ear gauges are torture?
1: Maybe.
3: Huh. I mean, to some extent, yeah.
1: I'm I'm gonna have to ask our gnome if uh, if she's got her ears gauged.
3: Ooh. No, Zonkathon just reminds me of a Dark Souls boss.
1: He does remind me of a uh, Dark Souls boss. You are absolutely right.
0: May I ask what's with the lanterns hanging on the chains around them? If those are lanterns?
1: Yes. Or incense burners.
0: Yeah, that's probably what they are.
1: I don't know of anything in particular significant to it.
0: I mean, Incense is probably torturous.
1: He is considered the Midnight Lord, but... Oh my gosh, I just thought of who he reminds me of. Do you guys remember in Final Fantasy X, that woman who had the skirt made out of belts?
0: I did not play that. Wrong audience, Beth. (sighs) I've been wanting to, but I haven't.
1: Please, audience members, if you know who I'm talking about, please let me know. I'm not going to Google it right now.
0: I mean, he just reminds me of an old horror movie character called Pinhead. So, I mean, the Final Fantasy, that's a question for Jesse, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to ask her about it. So that leads us into the next um, set of deities, which uh, are 20 deities that are important. But have like either a smaller focus or a, a smaller number of worshippers. So they only have a one page write up. But again, they do have a full art piece associated. And there are two in particular that I really wanted to bring up. One of them is Cassandra Lee, who is called the Iron Goddess. Now, I wonder what adventure path she's from. Maybe, is it Iron Gods? The
2: iron. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, no, no, no. She's yeah. absolutely the artificial intelligence that you meet at the end of that adventure path. Which is another adventure path that I'm running, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew that.
0: <laughs> you run way too many.
1: Yeah, that that may be true. Uh oh. I'm in I'm in five ongoing games. I run three. Oh Beth! <laughs> I may have a sickness.
3: <laughs> Beth, this has all been elaborate ruse. We've called you here today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For an intervention. Wow. <laughs> Freaking rude. Uh but anyway, so Kiss Lee is the goddess of artificial life. Um of AIs, a lot of uh, androids worship her. She's pretty cool. And then the next one is Nocticula. And she, let me quick, is on page 68. And she used to be a demon in hell. Actually, a yeah. lord of hell. She looks it. Uh, she is no longer that, actually. Mm-hmm. She is now considered the Redeemer Queen, and these are based off of happenings that happen in the adventure path. She is really cool. Please look up her artwork right now. Oh, yeah. I am. 'cause she's a she's a succubus, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But the fact that she is like all about art and history is just really cool now she her temple only has existed for a few years uh and is based out of a part of Chelyax that seceded or you know. Later dudes after, you know, lots of lots of fighting. Again, spoilers for for those campaigns. But she is really cool. Any of the other 20 that you guys wanted to mention?
0: Uh, I mean, I noticed grandmother spider on the way down to her, but
1: Oh, we all know how much you love spiders.
0: I I don't. I don't at all, but this is interesting. I'm just liking the art, and this is reminding me of um, Arachne from mm. uh, Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested. I want to read more about this person. Yeah. I'm going to look into that later.
1: Uh, she's pretty cool. I love... Well, of course, she has the uh, eight arms and legs. Uh, awesome. In this humanoid representation, she has two legs and six arms. She also has a spider friend on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I bet that's one of the sentient... Oh, what is the name of that race? I can't... Right. Our ancestry. No, there's an ancestry that... They are spider people essentially, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. they're really cool. I can't remember what they are right now, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this is like she's giant and that thing on her shoulder is like dog side. <laughs> I could see that being true,
2: yeah.
3: I liked uh, I think if I'm pronouncing it right, uh, high fang, the uh, yeah. what is it? The t- Tengu,
2: Mm,
1: God mm -hmm.
3: of the Duke of Thunder.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The Duke of Thunder. That is pretty... I really like uh, his anathema, which is uh, fake friendship.
3: Oh. With those you despise. Fake friendship with those you despise.
1: Yeah. Don't make fake friends.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Whoa.
1: He is anti bro,
3: no, or 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 is he bro. like you? Better like, if if you if you be a bro, you better mean you're a bro. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: One more, and then we'll move on to some other stuff. For those of you who played Pathfinder Kingmaker on PC, there was a dwarf. That, obviously, I'm talking about the video game. There was a dwarf who worshipped Grodus, god of the end times. (laughs) And his entire thing was like, death comes to us all. It was just really sad all the time. Mm. Uh, Not really sad, he was really defeatist. Okay. uh, Because he was a dwarf who couldn't forge things. And so he felt like Torag had betrayed him, and so then he found the loving bosom of Grotus and the end times. So thought I thought I'd put that out. So that leads us to the next section, which is Demigods and Other Divinities. And I'm going to just briefly touch on this cuz we we've already focused a lot on this. But this goes goes into some of the other sort of factions and beings of power. So, you have the archdevils and you have the demon lords, right? Mm-hmm. Elemental lords, Horsemen of the Apocalypse and the monitors. Which I wanted to bring up the monitors in particular because there was right before Pathfinder Two came out, there was an adventure path called Tyrant's Grass. I read the first book but that was pretty much it and in the first one there is a bunch of psychopomps and who are servants of harassment and it was really cool that that they included those in this book as well uh because they are like the psychopomps are beings of power so there's some write-ups on some specific ones As well as uh, old gods. Because you can't write a book about gods and not talk about, you know, pastor. That's just how it goes. So then, uh, the final two chapters, you have philosophies and spirituality. So that is a breakdown of the different pantheons. And... It, or, well, it gives you three specific pantheons. You have the dwarves, the elves, and then what's called the God Claw. And then it gives you some philosophies. And the one I wanted to point out for that is the Green Faith. Now, I know when you were making Sunny, Chad, I had pointed out the Green Faith. Yes. Mostly because you're a Leshy. The reason that I want to talk about it today is because that is a very angry bush.
0: Yes, 100%.
1: He's so mad. Look at his face. <laughs> uh, this is on page 96, by the way. He's so, so mad. I do believe he's supposed to be a trant. Uh So that's pretty cool. And then finally, I think this is the part that you wanted to talk about a little bit, David we got actual character options. <laughs>
3: Finally. We're talking about gods in a gods and magic book for 90% of it. Now it's magic.
1: I mean, you, you've got about 15 pages yeah. of feats and magic. Nah, it's, it's cool. Nephthys was cool enough. <laughs> Nephthys was really cool. So there is a first level feat called Blessed Blood. That uh, I wonder if you would take for Nigel. I mean,
3: Um, it it says sorcerer, but...
1: It says bloodline. Well, oh no, it does have the sorcerer tag. So here's the thing. Here's what you would need to do. You would need to be a sorcerer. (laughs) And then take this feat. (laughs) Nice. That's all.
2: Anyway. Yeah,
3: (laughs) yeah. Uh, the, the one thing I wanted to hi- highlight was they provided different sort of domain spells.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Alternate domain spells for a lot of the main uh, deities. And the alternate domain for Nephys may be my new favorite spell. And it's just called Redact. Redact. Redact.
1: Nice. Is that where you get to uh, take away something you said?
3: Uh, You you get to remove the name from a document at first level. And then that lasts for, you know, a certain amount of time. But as you heighten it, it's like, instead of striking out a name, you can strike it out and like replace it with something else. So that they're actually confused and think that it's another thing.
2: Hmm.
3: Okay. And then you heighten it again, and it's like you, you do it, and it literally happens forever. I mean, it, it's all based on like a perception check of whoever's reading it, but still,
1: that's pretty cool.
3: You, you you just get to do some magical paperwork.
1: Yeah, that does sound like something Nigel would be into. Yeah,
3: yeah, that sounds real. That sounds real fun. That is a shenanigan spell.
1: Uh, I like the spell. Show the way. Uh, just because I would cast this and I would always say, this is the way. And I'd be a Mandalorian. Oh. Uh. Although right underneath that is sloth skin, so, you know. <laughs> Lots of grossness.
3: Oh, gross.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Please go read that spell right now. I'm not reading it to you.
0: I am I don't want to.
1: Oh yeah, no, I'm not doing it. Nope. I wouldn't.
0: I have to now though.
1: Anyway. Uh, and then finally you have the glossary. So the only other thing that I wanted to say is one, I personally think that if you are interested in lore of Galarian at all, you should pick up this book. It's super cool. Two There actually is a web supplement that was additional information that they couldn't fit into the book and and some things that are in the book. But I wanted to point that out to you all because it's free. It's something that you can just have. It's on their website. So there will be a link to that PDF in the description of the episode. And on that note, I think I think we're done. Well, I'm not sure. You guys got anything else? It was a bit of a long one.
0: I think it was worth it though. That new yeah. book was quite hefty. I mean not as thick as some of the other books that have come out, but
1: uh, No, it was only like 138 only pages. Yeah, this is definitely a book that I could just sit down and read though. Just and- lore. And did. I haven't read it cover to cover yet. I'm working on it, though.
0: I haven't bought my copy yet, but I will be very soon, and I might be lost for a few days, as in nobody can find me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've I've got the
3: PDF, and I've definitely sunk a few uh, a few evenings into it already.
1: It's pretty cool. So that is our discussion on.
3: Sorcerer,
1: I mean, sorcerer.
3: <laughs> magic, gods, and then more magic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That tracks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, guys, thank you for joining us, uh, for listening to us. I'm sorry that we drag on a little bit, but hey, you listen to us anyway, so thank you. Thank you, Paizo, for making Pathfinder. And, uh, Once again, just please go out there and roll up your own sorcerer. Uh, Thanks for listening to Dice Don't Die. Because after all, Dice Don't Die.
1: But PCs do.
0: Thanks for listening to Dice Don't Die. Hey, if you like what we do, please visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. At Dice Don't Die, or email us at dicedon't at gmail.com. The intro and outro song Crunk Night, were created by Kevin McLeod. More of his work and the work of many others can be found royalty free at filmmusic.io. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next adventure.